Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is dropping the facade and quitting the games. Guys, it's time. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, I'm Natasha Chandel, and you're listening to Kind of Dating. I have with me Aisha Renee Holden. Yes, uh, Renee Holden. I always love your middle name. Oh, thank you. Um, Guys, if you like today's episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it and leave us a five-star rating or review. We are also on the social media. We are kind of dating on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I'm at Natasha Chandel on Facebook, Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Aisha? I am at Aisha Says Dance across every single one of them pesky social media platforms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that laugh you heard is our amazing guest back again. He's a psychotherapist, author of Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. Also host of the new podcast, Deeper Dating. He's been featured in Psychology Today and O Magazine. Welcome back, Ken Page. Hi, Ken. So glad to be here with you folks. (laughs) Oh my God, we loved the last episode. Yeah. Oh, so glad. Um, and and now we're going to talk about uh, dropping the facade, which is like a fucking thing now in yep. dating. Um, before we even start, I want to like you have been doing this for a long time, and I'm sure you've mm-hmm. uh, heard a lot of dating stories. That's like half of my therapy. <laughs> um, <laughs> is game playing just sort of become like a norm? Oh, I think absolutely, absolutely. And I I really, you know, as much as uh, like all of the online ways to meet the apps Mm -hmm. and all of that make life easier and and dramatically increase like the numbers of possibility, they also sculpt jerky behavior. They sculpt it, they allow it, they encourage it, they make it easy. And um, uh, fake behavior, jerky behavior, and uh, and facades. Mm -hmm. So... Absolutely, yes. I mean, we would do it on our own anyway, but this helps. So, so yeah, I think it's a growing tendency. You know, we did um, uh, our very second episode of this podcast. We've had over 100. <laughs> um, our very second episode was with uh, uh, Bianca Alexa. She's an influencer. And it was on playing games. And we did like a man on the street where we went out and we were talking to people and um, asking them, do, do they, do we, do they think that they play games? And it was so funny to me because people were like, no, I never play games. And then I always <laughs> said to them, I'm like, oh, so you never waited to text somebody? And then they were like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I did that. And Good it's like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, well, like that's considered playing a game. Yeah. Um, or like playing hard to get or whatever, you know, purposely not being available on the day that they ask you or Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it so interesting that people didn't realize it or even want to admit it. Do you find that sometimes like people walk in and and they're telling you a story and you're kind of like, dude, that was you playing a game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like and, 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 and people are like, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's not a game. That's like smart dating. Hello. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the justification. Uh, Right, right, right. Like, what are you going to show that part of yourself? That's ridiculous. Like, that's <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it's um, so crazy. 
Yeah. So, so, so I think that well, there's so many different pieces mm -hmm. to this. And I just want to say something. I mean, there's so many places to jump in on this, but yeah. I want to say something first about playing hard to get. Mm. Yes, I please. really yes. want to share some things about down. that. <laughs> yeah. I want to break this down with really solid science, real research. We love, so, we love science on this give me podcast. The data. Us. It's so nice. It's so nice to get like real re research. And this is like, this is real research. This is a guy, his name is Eli Finkel, very, very well-respected academic and researcher on the subject of attraction. And what he did is he wanted to test out, does playing hard to get really work? And the arena that he tested it in was speed dating events. Mm -hmm. So he did his research in speed dating events. Other people have done research on this too. A lot of people, including some new research, but I'll get back to that in a minute. But anyway, this is what he found out. What he found out is that playing hard to get will make some people want you make want you more, but it'll make everybody like you less. Mm. So wow. that's one piece. Like, yeah, it can be a hook. It can absolutely be a hook, but it's going to make people like you and respect you less. And it will engage them in equal and opposite game playing, which is like oh, really sure. sucks. And that's why so many things never move forward mm -hmm. in the dating world. But that's part one. Part two is he found out what does work and uh, what really is an aphrodisiac. If playing hard to get doesn't work, what does work? And here's what it is. The feeling like somebody knows what they're looking for and what they're not looking for and that you are what they're looking for. Like, in other words, if what they feel like is you're just kind of looking for anything and you just want right. their approval, that's not attractive. That's mm -hmm. like, ugh, that's the opposite right. of attractive. But if you get the feeling from somebody like, I've been around the block, I've decided and I know the kind of human being and person I want to be with, and you have those qualities and that's really exciting to me. That is a huge turn on. Mm. I feel that. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. so good because we actually, we did an episode on like the importance of knowing what you want because it is starting to get to that point that like, especially with social media, people are trying to figure it out after the fact. It's right. almost like right. without you like using any form of judgment or awareness before they're just blindly going on like as many dates as possible, which in a way is like trial and error is good in also figuring things out for sure. But I think, um, you know, then people aren't open to the fact that you're opening up a can of worms yeah. of shit that's going to follow and then don't be upset that that's right. like, well, this is the avenue you chose to go. Right. Versus thinking about it before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like fishing with a net, yeah. and that's something you can really do <laughs> yeah. in the in the in the Absolutely. online world. I Absolutely, mean, good point. What you're you, you know what you're saying, even with the game playing thing, like Aish, do you ever did you ever play games? I mean, a little bit, um, a little bit of the okay, don't text them right away situation. Yeah. Was a lot of that going on, but not like too heavily. Yeah, because I don't like games being played on me. So. Yeah, you are better yeah. than I am. <laughs> um, I'm much, I don't do it at all now, but definitely in my New York days, Ken, yeah. I yeah. was prime like, and it was so tiring. It was always felt like a power struggle. Right. And it was just it's exhausting. So You're like, oh, you just texted me. Cool. Here's three hours later. And then, <laughs> you know. And then three hours later, you're saying like two words yep. and then being like, oh, bitch, you didn't want to text. And then you're just like raising these stakes of like, yeah. 
oh, well, if I say this, then that means he thinks he has, he's making the plan and I need to feel like I'm making the plan. Mm, and, you know, right. you're just like going, it was so fucking frustrating. Yeah. And now yeah, I'm just so glad yeah. I give less fuck. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And it's great that it exhausted you because if that stuff's too easy for you, it is not a good sign. Oh my gosh. Sure. So, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Um, we're going to take a really quick break, Ken. But when we're back, um, I want us to talk about how uh, gender roles play into um, these games and, and the facade and like how it might be different for, um, for different genders um, in the dating game. But first, we're going to take a quick message. All right, I think we can all agree, looking good feels great. And if you follow me on the gram, then you know I'm always at an event and everyone needs a new look that takes me quite a bit of time to get together. But for most of us, really being able to devote that kind of time and energy into our look isn't doable every day. Sometimes you just gotta look good now and keep things as easy as possible. Well, that's what Wander Beauty is all about. Wander Beauty is for the woman on the go. Whether you're doing your makeup in the car or at the gym, everything is travel-friendly and made to fit your busy lifestyle. Wander Beauty is about doing more with less. Their beauty essentials are multitasking and multipurpose, allowing you to create a full look without a full makeup bag. Everything is made with skin-loving ingredients from around the globe, so you don't have to choose between good-for-you ingredients and high-performance beauty. Because there's nothing more stressful than glass breaking and loose powder spilling all over your bag. Everything Wander Beauty makes is mess-free and stress-free. And because we don't all have time for a 12-step routine, Wander Beauty gives you maximum impact for minimum effort. So get 20% off your purchase at wanderbeauty.com slash dating. That's wanderbeauty.com slash dating for 20% off. Hey, hey, friends, it's Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. If you like what you've heard so far, give us a five-star review wherever you get this podcast and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, and the podcast. Um, <laughs> we have Aisha here with us today and hey. Ken Page. Um, hey. So uh, we're talking about the facade and quitting the games. Um, and just before, we're talking about the power struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so I would love to say something to everybody about excitement mm. because in the land of game playing, excitement is like the most embarrassing no-no. You do not want to show you're excited because it's just so not right. earned. It's so earnest. It's, yep. it's, it's embarrassing. And I want to say, but, but you get excited. Yep. When you meet someone you're excited by, you're excited, but you're not supposed to show that you're excited. So what do you do? So you're supposed to be authentic, right? <laughs> but you can't show you're excited, but you're excited. So I want to say something about what to do. And that is show you're excited. Mm. That is the bottom line. If someone feels like you are desperate and you like have to rope them in, that's not a good way to show your excitement. But if you're excited by qualities that you see in someone, you can tell them the qualities that you see that you like and tell them you're excited. And it's, it's actually an amazing turn on. I remember, um, like, I, I was dating the guy who became my husband and we were on our like second or third date. And he said to me, he said to me, well, this was actually after the date, it was on the phone. And he said to me, I feel really excited. And I said, now I was a pretty jaded New Yorker at this mm-hmm. point who had failed in endless relationships. And um, so I said, what do you mean? What are you excited about? He said, I'm excited about our future. Oh, oh and shit. I felt, that would have fucking made me run. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Well, you know, at that point, I thought he was so hot and so cute, and <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't sure if I had roped him in or not. So I was able to tolerate it because it was like, yes, success. Yeah. I was still at that point. Later on, I became completely terrified when I saw that he really sure. meant it. But at that point, I was like, oh man, is he gutsy or naive and innocent and ignorant? But whatever it was, like, I really loved it. It felt so great. Yeah. I never mm-hmm. forgot it. So what I want to say is, if there's somebody you meet who really seems like what I call an attraction of inspiration, they inspire you by who they are in the world, how they treat you and how they live, and you feel excited by them, tell them they're the kind of person who's probably going to love it. So that's one thing. Don't be afraid of your excitement. Mm -hmm. And then I want to say something about, let's say you're excited about somebody and they're playing hard to get, or they're not that interested in you. And you're in that place where like, should I call them? Should I call them? But I called him three days ago and he didn't get back to me. No, I should not call him. I should not call him. Well, you're right. You probably shouldn't call him. So I want to agree there, but I want to say something else too. This is advice a friend gave me years ago, and I thought it was so great. And the advice was this. If you think you shouldn't call him, and you've been the one showing your interest and he's not responding, you probably shouldn't call him. But if you can't help it, call him. And don't give yourself a hard time about it. It is not the end of the world. And I just think that's really true. Yeah. And I, and you're definitely right. Um, and you know, something we, uh, have, we quote a lot on the show is the Maya Angelou quote that says, um, you know, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Yeah. And you it's like, know it. yeah, and it's okay. Like I, when my friends ask me the same question, they're like, should I text or not text? I always say, I, I can't tell you what to do. If you really feel like it, yeah. just be yourself. But if, yep. but just be open to the truth Right. Whatever that truth is. Yeah. So which means if the truth is in the situation that the person isn't going to text you back, then take that as a gift that like, hey, you found out sooner than later yep. that you two are not at the same place. Um, and that could be for a million of re- like millions of reasons. You don't need to try to figure the other person out. Just be like, oh, I'm not getting what I need in this moment. And um and that's it. And like no hard feelings and moving on, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you get a response back and it triggers something, great. That was so well said. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, but, you know, here's my, uh, before we get into the gender roles thing, because I know that that's super important. Um, do you think, though, like, aren't we all just like, should you even be yourself totally from the <laughs> from the start? Like, uh, isn't, there a, right. isn't there a sort of like the argument of like growing and letting somebody know you kind of thing? Or is it, I don't know. That's so why I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to some degree, there is no right formula. Right. Because if for some people, like I have friends who are artists and to tell them that they can't be all that they are on a date, like that they can't be their wild, crazy, free selves is like, you know, roping, roping them in. They would, they just, it would totally not work. Mm -hmm. So, and the people that love them, love them because they're wild artists who say whatever's on their mind. So I really think on one level, it's really personal and 
really individual. I think you do not want to make your early dates. Your early dates do not have to be a tell-all. There is no obligation to have to do a tell-all. But uh, my husband on the first date told me something so personal about his childhood that to this day, when I remind him, he said it, he said, I did not. Uh And I'm like, yeah, you did. And it was beautiful to me. It was fine. So I think you just got to go with like what's, what's in your gut. But you don't have to like like in the name of honesty and authenticity you do not have Mm -hmm. to disclose everything you do not yeah and i think that's a good point because i think some people i think the the way to maybe for people to discern the two is like are you telling them to win them over or are you telling them something that's personal in your life because you're just in the moment and that was like a natural next thing to say you know or reveal versus like Oh, I'm going to tell them this thing right. and I'll hook them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, absolutely, absolutely. Or, or that's manipulative, right? That's exactly. that's a game, right there. Yeah. But the other one is the feeling like um, that somehow you'll be like relieved or saved yes. if you get this off your chest. Mm, yeah. Early dating, no, you don't want to be doing that. Right, that's putting <laughs> too much on the other person. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, I, I it's, a, you know, a pretty common thing. Like, people will say on first date, guys and girls. It's happened with me where guys will just tell me everything about their past or a past relationship. And I'll be, I used to do that back in the day when I, I wasn't ready. Um, when I came out of my abusive relationship, if somebody asked me, I would then end up telling them that on a first date. And I was like, woof, you know, like now I would never, ever do that because like I've processed it and it's not something that's triggering to me. But I realized I was saying that to protect myself Mm. in a way to be like, hey, don't ever, don't fucking do this to me. Right. You know? Um, And I think people tend to like... I think both guys and girls do that, but girls will definitely be like, "I this guy did this and this and this so that maybe the other person won't do that to them. Right? Mm, good point. Yes, and not a good move. That's right. So what are some of the gender, how do gender roles play into games? Oh, gender roles. Let's <laughs> talk about that because that is so complicated. Yep. Like we are in such a weird place as a culture. We are half in and half out of rigid gender roles. Sure. And that's a really awkward place to be. It's a really awkward place to be. And right. so I am in favor of accepting who we are and what we like and what we don't like. And um, But I'm also in favor of having authenticity trump following particular gender roles. And I think guys and women are frightened out of that by a lot of dating advice. So like, I got to talk about guys first with Mm -hmm. this. Like, you know, if you look at the literature, like on dating for guys, Oh, it's just, it's just fucking agony to look at that stuff. It's so bad. I remember like uh, a participant in one of my workshops, nice guy, attractive guy, decent, smart, capable, successful guy. He said to me, you know, I know that I'm not an alpha guy. And so I will never have the success with women that alpha guys have. And I was like, I mean, it was just so horrible to hear. Yeah. And I've had so many guys who were victims of all of this, like, you know, guys' seduction techniques <laughs> advice, <laughs> which is, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so bad. It's so fucked up. It's yeah. so does it work. It so pushes people away. And also it makes guys, it just, it sticks people. You know, the feeling is I can't really be me. And then, you know, basically what that comes down to for guys is show your sensitivity and your vulnerability, but like not in any real way or only like you like rope it back in immediately mm -hmm. if you start getting too vulnerable. So it's this totally mixed message of be authentic, but be full of shit, mm -hmm. you know, be game playing while you look like you're being really honest and mm. it just screws guys up so bad. Mm -hmm. And for women, you know, like I can, you know, and this really pisses me off because a lot of really big teachers say this kind of stuff to women of like, yeah, be successful and empowered in your work. And th But what I'm going to recite now is actually a quote, but leave your fake balls in the office <laughs> because you're going to scare men away otherwise. Yeah. And um, I know so many women who are powerful and amazing and they're afraid on a date to talk about like a really exciting success that they just had on that day or, or whatever. True. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Women get taught this message of like, then you're not letting the guy be a guy. Right. And oh my God. You know, <laughs> it's like this, but this is what I call it. I call it like electrified tripwires of gender taboo hmm. that like we're still afraid to cross. And it's just awkward. It's like, what are guys supposed to do on dates? Does the guy pay? Does he not pay? Mm -hmm. Does he offer to pay? Does the woman offer to pay? How empowered can a woman be? What about in sex? How much do people have to kind of fall back to the typical roles? Mm -hmm. You know, there's just, we're just lost as a culture. We like preach this equality thing. But we don't mean it. Oh, we don't mean so it. So true. Truth bombs. <laughs> I actually was telling yeah. a story, um, where uh, I uh, hooked up with somebody, and you know, a, as part of being a, a girl, I have to protect myself. And over the years, like guys tend to all say the same shit before sex, but refuse to believe that they all say the same shit before sex, <laughs> which is, um, you know, oh, fuck, I, I can't do it with a condom. <laughs> it's like always mm. the first, and I'm always like, oh, shoot, well, I can't do it. One second. Uh, uh, and I always say that, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I can't do it without a condom. And mm -hmm. uh, and then immediately, like, it changes. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it'll be like, and so then when I was with somebody, he was <laughs> like, oh, I don't have one. And because I've been in this situation where they'll try to pull this shit on me, um, and I'm sorry, you're, you're not the one who has to take, like, a plan B the next day. It's me. And so I... I had one prepared in case. And so I always have one just in case. And so I brought it out. I said, oh, hey, well, like, it's okay. I, I have one if, <laughs> if you're okay with that. And then I saw his face drop. And it wasn't because I brought out a condom. It was because I was a female that was prepared. And and so then I saw his, his whole demeanor drop. And I actually pointed out to him. I was like, oh, is that, does that, like, now suddenly, like, does that upset you that I came prepared? And he was like, no, 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 of course, of course, you are an independent woman. <laughs> and he was like justifying it to himself. But he's also a guy yes. that in public will talk about equality and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I found yeah. it so interesting. I'm like, oh, so a girl taking care of her own sexual health 
Because, like, if you're trying to fuck me without a condom, how many other people are you trying to fuck <laughs> without a condom? And I don't know what you got. Like, I don't know who you are, you know? Yes. Um, And so, but, but I find that, like, really interesting. And you're right that, you know, those, the gender roles are, like, really different of, like, who initiates and who takes charge of right. things. Yep. Especially sexually. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say something about the condom thing, though, because that's a huge filter for telling who a guy is. Yep. Oh, agreed. And it's a huge, yeah, and it's a huge filter for telling who you are. Mm-hmm. Because if the guy is not honoring you in that way, watch out. That's mm-hmm. a really bad sign. And I pretty much promise you, if a guy is not honoring of your desire around condoms in any way, shape, or form, that's going to come back and bite you in the butt later because it tells you about who he is. And if you cave and go along with him, that's a real mirror-looking moment to see how you're giving yourself up for a guy who's really essentially at the moment being nothing but selfish. Yeah. So yeah, the condom moment, tells worlds. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, when I was younger and and this is why I now come prepared, because when I was younger, you know, um, I would cave if that happened. And and mind you, it you know, it was like in a great example it was the abusive ex. Like the first time there, it you know, he was like, oh, shit, I didn't have one. And I was just like, I wanted him to like me. I didn't want him to feel yeah. like I was a prude. And mm-hmm. I was so young and I was like, um, OK, all right. Yeah. And then I started realizing like, oh, if I had to take a plan B, that was making me really, really ill because I just don't take chemical stuff. And so mm. um you know, and then as I grew older, I finally felt empowered to be able to like set a boundary and say, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's either this way or no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know what I would even say? I would say if it's for if you're thinking that this could be something with someone and you're the one who has had to bring the condom and he wanted to have sex without clarifying that, I would say out the door. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. But Ken, there's so many now. Every nobody likes to fucking wear condoms. That's why there's fucking STDs running all over the place. <laughs> I know. Who would ever like to use a condom? I know. Right? But, and then, but but guys, yeah. guys listening, there's always lambskin. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's like, no, that shit's expensive. <laughs> Not only is it expensive, but HIV is transmitted through lambskin. Oh, I know shit. that it is. I was going to say. I was just that. about to preface that. That the only that. thing with lambskin oh is it, it could just protect you from pregnancy, but not STDs. Shit. Right. 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 Yeah. So be aware. Um, before we take a quick break, I want to ask you, so why do you think we play games at all? Or like, why are we putting up such a front when we're on dates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's why. Here's why we're trying to protect ourselves from being hurt. And at the same time, hook somebody by not appearing too needy. Mm. That's like, those are the things that we're trying to do. But ultimately, what that ends up doing, if we try to be that person, is it completely screws up our sonar. Mm. It screws up our ability to find the right person. Because we're like messing up the signals of who we are and what we want. And so we're like in murky, murky waters and we can't see where we're going. And when we do that, we are more likely to meet assholes and to behave badly ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, you're very right. Man, we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) When we do that, we are. But there's a better way. There is. 
There is. And there is. We are going to take a quick break. And when we're back, you're going to help us figure out what that is. Yeah. All right. But first, this message. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back. You're listening to Kinda Dating. I'm here with Aisha Holden. Hi, y'all. And Ken Page. Hey there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about dropping the facade and quit playing the games. Um, if you uh, like what you hear, please um, give us a five-star rating wherever you get this podcast. Also, send us your questions or thoughts to this topic to kindadating at gmail.com. Uh, and follow us on social media. We are at Kinda Dating across the board. So, Ken. Before we get into uh, how to sort of live an alternate non-game-playing life, um, we also wanted to touch a little bit more about sex, right? Sure, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, I'd like to talk a little bit about like that whole sex role thing and sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's something really, really interesting that is worth looking into here. And um, here's what it is. if you think, if you just take a minute and think about like how you are in sex, you ask yourself a similar question that we have asked to discover your core gift. What are the parts of your sexual impulse that you feel most timid to show, most vulnerable to show, most embarrassed to show, most shy to show? And often those are like, uh, those are actions that cross gender roles. So that a guy might have like submissive parts and he feels like, oh my God, I totally can't show that because the the um, the woman's going to be totally not interested in me. Or if it's a gay guy, maybe he's going to feel like, you know, um, no, because that's just not like masculine enough mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Um, or a woman might feel that, that there are certain kind of like very empowered things that she would do that she's afraid they would scare the man away. Or maybe for anybody, it's just the really vulnerable, tender stuff. Or maybe it's the wild, crazy stuff. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's just the best. It's, it's, there's, there's like three fabulous sex questions. And that's one of those three fabulous sex questions. And I'll tell you all three of them. Um, and they're, they're questions that will help you drop the facade in bed. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so that's one question is, what are the parts of yourself that you are timid or awkward to show in sex? And what I want to say is those are your sexual core gifts. Mm. And if you find a way to begin to show those, worlds are going to open up for you. So that's one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a really, (laughs) really good thing. That's a really good thing. And and while we're at it, I want to say that, as I said before, that like that's going to mean crossing certain gender norms. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like really, really what we need to do, and it's fun. And the best thing is when you find a partner that that turns them on, you'll be in heaven, right? Mm. So that's number one. That's question number one. Here's question number two. And it's almost the same as question number one, but it's a little bit different. The question is, what turns you on the most in sex? What really, like, really, really excites you? (laughs) And that's a question that in your masturbation life, you probably, like, go with full force, but probably in your actual sex life, a little bit less so. So that's another question that is really worth exploring is like, what's the stuff that like really, really, really turns you on? Mm. And to begin to let that out. And the third question 
is a gorgeous question. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Is what moves you in sex? Like what's that place where you are emotionally touched in sex? And let yourself think about what's like what's the kind of pacing? What's the way of touching, being touched, looking at each other, things that you say that turns you on the most and that really touches your heart the most. Mm. Because when you have both of those together, you're in heaven land. Mm-hmm. That's like where it's at. So I just want to propose all of those three questions as being really fabulous and important questions. Yeah, I love those questions. Some fun but do homework. you think guys feel anything intimate <laughs> with sex? <laughs> yes, um, obviously. Right, I'm a guy and I do. So I'm a human. My husband, but but yes, Aisha, I'm with you. I'm, but I understand the question too because yeah. guys are different. Mm-hmm. But I want to say one thing about that. There's a guy named John Gottman. He's oh, one of yeah. the biggest. Love yeah, John Gott. I love him. He's fantastic. And something that he has said is that um, LGBTQ people in many ways are about 50 years ahead Mm -hmm. of their heterosexual counterparts in terms of capacity for intimacy for one reason in particular. They have crossed those electrified tripwires of gender taboo. They can Mm -hmm. cross over back and forth. And there's reams of studies, reams of studies saying that the couples that can do that the best are the happiest in sex and the happiest in their relationships. So just making room for that whole arena of gender um, facade baby whatever your expression is I give you my word that there are people out there who will find that such a turn on really 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 it's the fabulous truth yeah no you're very right yeah Um, and so you know we've been talking a lot about the fact that people do sort of and you brought up a good point that a big part of the game playing is playing into society's uh, gender roles and and sort of the norms of like, oh, what a guy is supposed to chase. You're supposed to be the hunted, you know, as a woman and whatever it right. is. And um, but what's the argument for just fucking quitting all this shit, like <laughs> just tapping out of these games? Oh, well, that I mean, the, the big argument is, as you just described, I heard the exhaustion in your voice yeah. at, at playing these games. It's, it's two things. It's one, that it's exhausting, but even more importantly, the degree to which you are invested in game playing is the degree to which you are not going to meet your right partner. Mm-hmm. That's a promise. That's how it is. I that agree is with how that, it is. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, the the thing is, like, like people say, well, okay, I'm going to be my authentic self. I'm going to be who I am. That's going to, I'm only going to look for people who are these attractions of inspiration. If I do that, I'm kicking out 90% of the people who are possibilities. And I would say, no, maybe 98%. Mm. And that's okay. That is not only okay, you will actually be speeding your chances of finding love. Because if you think about it, like, you think about going into a bookstore, a giant bookstore, 
and all you know is you want to read something fun. Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to be there for hours probably. But if you know the author you want and the title you want, you will be in and out. And mm -hmm. it's like that in the dating world. Yeah. If you know that you want to be showing these parts of yourself, you are only looking for attractions of inspiration. You're going to be who you are. You're only going to look for people who are attracted. Not only will you save time, but you will refine your sonar. You will pick up on those people quicker. And actually, this fabulous research on this solid academic research shows that when you do that, you're more likely to notice the right people and be attracted to them. Yep. Oh, my God. I 100% feel okay. like that was my life. Like when commitment folks yeah. used to only be attracted to like a certain type of guy. And then the minute I changed and I said, I don't want that anymore. I just have always started to date like, you know, even if it hasn't worked out, I don't hate them. Like most yeah. of them have been nice guys, you know, like some of them have even done dumb shit. But I've always just been like, oh, you're still a nice person <laughs> yeah. where, uh -huh. you know, I couldn't say that before um, about the people that I was with. Um, and and also totally agree that, you know, uh, when you start making that decision, um, you will weed out. Mm -hmm. like 99%. I mean, you weren't even nice in saying 98. <laughs> I'm like, you're weeding out like 99% of people. And, but again, you're, you're not looking to match with 99%. With that's fucking yeah. a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm like, right. I can't handle one person. Right. Um, <laughs> and so it's just like, that's right. That's right. You're just looking for that one. And, um, exactly. and that's okay. And, and another part, I mean, can you tell me, and I, I mentioned this earlier, but I think another reason people don't or continue to play games is because we're scared of the truth. And we're scared of the truth because, again, we don't know how to handle our feelings around right. it after. But when, when we have a crush on somebody and we want it to work, we just refuse to see the things that are glaring in front of us. Because, yeah. you know, if we have to accept the truth, it means we have to make a decision around it, which is like, oh, shit, this person isn't actually a fit. Oh, fuck, I have to start again. Oh, shit, I might be alone. Oh, my God, what if I never find somebody? Holy shit, I'm going right. to die alone. Oh, my God, I'm never going to have kids. Like, it'll it'll just take you down a spiral. Mm -hmm. And I've Absolutely. been trying to, like, tell everybody to, like, just take the truth as literally a gift. Like, I'm so happy now like whenever I've been cheated on, people have been like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, don't be like, I'm so glad it happened yeah, now it versus later when I'm like married. Yeah, <laughs> because that would have been much harder to get out of. Yep. And earlier I'm like, hey, man, somebody up there really likes me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, um, Siggy Flicker from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, she has a great saying. She says, uh, I, I think she's wonderful. She says, um, <laughs> man. That. Yes, man's rejection is God's protection. Mm. So and, uh, true. It's so true. And I, I got to tell you, Tosh, you are like the poster gal for the wiser path to finding love. You really are. Sure. Everything you're describing, <laughs> I chart, you know, in my work with so many people. I, I love what you're saying. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, this whole thing about being irresistible, please, everybody do not have irresistibility as a personal goal. Don't do it. <laughs> no. Don't do it. Wow. It's just the wrong goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For all totally. the reasons you said. That. Yeah. And and you know, when <laughs> you do when you do stop playing games with people, 
you do just get to the core of, or you really increase your chances of like real intimacy. Like as somebody who, who from being a commitment phobe did fall in love with somebody after, even though it didn't work out, I'm always like, wow, that feeling was fucking amazing Mm -hmm. of actually being myself and and being like, in love with somebody, even sex. Like I was such a dude about it before where I could like, like have sex with somebody and I have no emotions around it. I'm very like, I know how to categorize and I can be like, bye. Um, and, and like, I just don't feel it like people do. And, but, but I remember even sex with the person that I loved. I was like, wow, shit, this <laughs> does feel different. Yeah. It does. Even holding hands oh with my someone God, you yeah. love is like the best sex. Yeah. yeah. And normally absolutely. I'm like, don't touch me. Public. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do we do this before we before we wrap up today's episode? How do we do this? Oh, boy. Well, you just said so many different things that that, you know, that just capture so many different parts of this. But I would say I would say that really there's some really interesting research that is going to kind of articulate how to do this. And the research shows that. The original research was done. They took these men and they had them walk on two different bridges. One was 250 feet above a raging river. Hmm. And the other one was like three feet uh, on top of a little brook. And they had them meet these attractive, quote unquote, researchers and answer certain questions. Well, the guys who ended up being charted to walk on the high bridge had more sexual fantasies about their researchers were more likely to ask them out on a date and were much more engaged and interested than the people walking in the low path. And that is because uh, like this element of fear and risk and existential aliveness is kind of thrilling and it's a turn on. So people think you've got to play games to uh, recreate that excitement and that fear, but it's not true. Because what you described, Tosh, that's the really gorgeous, exciting fear. It's like walking over that high bridge if you're authentic in a relationship. It's exciting. It's it's scary. You could plummet. But it's so erotic and so alive. And when you meet someone who can match you there, it's just pure thrill. So what I would say is there is something really exciting around availability. And that is that you really get to show who you are Mm -hmm. and have it received. And that's thrilling and exciting. That's not boring and it's not bland. Yeah, not at all. I, I know for me, when, when I was trying to come out of this and, and even, you know, when you do have things like commitment phobia, um, I do feel like it's, it's almost like, I don't know. It's like any other, it's like anxiety, you know, if that's mm-hmm. your default, like you always have to be aware of it and like be on yes, top of it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, something I've always, when as I was changing through this process of like, okay, I'm done with playing games. I would ask myself, like, why am I doing this? Or especially for texting, like I, I would ask myself, I'm like, well, can I text them back right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, if I'm available, fucking text back right now. Like, don't right. wait for, you know, an hour to text back to show, to make them feel um, like I'm less excited than yeah. I am. Yes. It, and it wasn't even about excitement. Half the time, it was just like, oh, I'm actually available right now. Right. Uh-huh. I could just message I was real, back. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. just rationale, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe that's like, a you know, a way for some people if they're listening and they're just kind of like, how do I even do this? I'm like, just maybe 
what I tried to tell myself was like, I challenged myself to be my best self. And, and I was like, be, be okay being you and, uh, and the right person will get it. And, and if not, I'll know quickly and I could be like, peace out. Right. It is so true. And the other gift of when you do that is, and this is a kind of like a little bit like weird or mystical. This is that deeper physics thing. When you make that choice and, and Tosh, I'm actually wondering if you've experienced that since you made that choice, has the quality of guys that you've met somehow been somewhat better? Oh yeah, for sure. Isn't that, that's right. Without you doing anything, it just happens. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm just not even attracted to to like douchey dudes anymore. Like it's so funny because the same guy and we've talked about him on the show before. His name is Bruce Lee. He's like this on off dude that I was like obsessed with um, a few years ago before my change right? Guys, before the transformation. <laughs> um, and uh, when he used to text me, I used to, you know, get this like super excited thing. Anytime he said super bullshitty things to me i got so excited and i was like so attracted to the bad boy yeah now yeah. the same shit he says to me because he has a girlfriend but he'll still text me now um i like laugh i have no response whatsoever and like my girlfriend met him for the first time and she was like wow he said that he was gonna leave his girlfriend for you and i started laughing and i was like can you believe that and she's like no he seems so sincere i was like girl the fact that somebody has a girlfriend and is acting this way is right. like your number one sign that That's, like i'm woo-hoo! good and I'm like already. and like this right mm-hmm. it has, there's no excitement in that to me it was such a lame turnoff yeah that i was like wow you were so pathetic and I feel bad for your girlfriend (laughs) where old me would have maybe still held on to some weird hope that even though it was a negative situation but like maybe it's because he really loves me Mm. you know oh boy you have really (laughs) changed your circuitry you really have (laughs) and you know you yeah and and you know it changes I mean, what happens in the people. field. <laughs> That's different, Absolutely. <laughs> but but how cool to think of like a hot guy right. who well, hot, has nice got this guy. gorgeous soul that's right yeah. that's mm-hmm. right i mean that's 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 happiness that's happiness no you're so, so right. yeah it's really true and you know this is something when you make those choices the field starts to change you know when i when i teach my courses at a certain point after people have kind of gone through those stages of acknowledging their core gifts and making that decision they're only going to choose these kind of relationships i say to them get out there now because the field will have changed you're going to be different the people you meet are going to be different so get out there and play because it's going to be a somewhat different world because we really change the field when we make these shifts so um yeah that's great to hear that that's happened for you yeah no you're so on point um ken we loved um having you on the podcast uh (laughs) Uh, such great uh, food for thought and also just like such actionable things that we can um, really put to just put in action right away. Yeah, right away. So um, thank you so much for that. Oh, such a pleasure to be here. Like really enjoyed hugged. talking with you. Oh, Aisha says she feels <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's um, great. Please tell everybody how they can um, get your book, your podcast, and where they can find you. Absolutely. So if you go to deeperdatingpodcast.com, you can find it all. Oh, it's all there in my book and, and everything. Or you can go to deeperdating.com, also get that information. Or on Twitter, you can go to at Ken Page LCSW. And Facebook, Ken Page LCSW. 
And guys, make sure you get his book, Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. Um, oh, yeah, my book. That's right. <laughs> That's all of it. <laughs> yes. Forgot my book there for a minute. It's, it's all of this. It's a course in a book. And uh, it's pretty wonderful. I, I got to say it's helped a lot of people. Yeah, you are wonderful. So Seriously. we are so sure the book is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, guys, uh, thank you so much for uh, listening and downloading this episode. Please follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Kind of Dating. I am on Facebook, Instagram, at Natasha Chandel. And on Twitter, I'm at Natasha underscore Chandel. Aisha. I am at Aisha Says Dance across all social media networks. Yes. Um, guys, if you can please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes and download the rest of our shows, we'd be so grateful. It really helps us out. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Natasha Chandel. So make sure you subscribe, share, and comment there. And send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host and our social media producer. Our audio engineer is Adam Pineless. Jenna Ribbing is our associate producer. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.